a model church. From the scripture I read in your hearing this morning in Revelations chapter 3, let's look at these verses, uh, beginning with verse number 7 in the third chapter of the book of Revelations. And the angel of the called out assembly in Philadelphia write, These things says, He that is holy and true, he that has the key of David, he that opens and no man shuts, and shuts and no man opens. I know your works, behold, I have set before you an open door, and no man can shut it, for you have a little strength, and have guarded my word, and have not denied my name. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before your feet, and to know that I have loved you, because you have guarded my word of mine patience. I also will guard you from the hour of calamity, which shall come upon all the world, to try them that dwell upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly. Behold that fast which you have. But no man take your crown. Him that overcomes will I make a pillar in the temple of Yahuwah. And he shall go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of Yahuwah and the name of the city of Yahuwah, which is the new Jerusalem, which come up down out of the heavens from Yahuwah, and I will write upon him a new name. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the called out assembly or unto the church. Let us pray. Elohim, we come this morning to bless and praise you. We give you glory and honor today, and we thank you for this hour and for this moment. We pray now that you would take the word and feed us and let us digest it and apply it to our lives and live thereby. We pray for this assembly of your people that you would bless them today. Holy Spirit, have our way in the teaching service. Lead and guide us and bring back to our members the things that we've already studied. We bless you. We praise you. We give you glory and honor in Christ Yeshua's mighty name. And let all of God's people say, Amen. Amen. God bless you this morning. If you'll put your phones on silent, please. The word of God today in this particular chapter deals with one of the seven churches of Asia Minor. This particular uh, writing is from John the Apostle as God speaks to him and directs him on the things that he wants him to tell these seven churches. And several of these churches got themselves in very serious trouble of judgment by God. And then there were two of these churches that God actually spoke blessings upon. So we want to look at this church, the model church, which is the sixth church in this writing uh, that uh, is in the book of Revelations. Uh, and we find the word of God tells us here, what is the church, first of all, and why is it important into the body of believers? The church in the Greek word, it is the word ekklesia. The called out ones are the kaleo, the English word, the church Karenkan, which means dedicated to the Lord 
or the Lord's Assembly. The Christian church originated in Rome, in Judea, in the first century AD. It was founded on the teachings of Christ himself, who was a Nazarite and a Nazarene, who first gathered 12 disciples, who later became the leaders of the Christian church. The church goes way back unto the Old Testament when we find that it was the tabernacle or the temple of God under the Old Covenant. The Word of God tells us that God has a called out group of people he referred to as the church. Before the word church, it was, they were called the religious, the righteous, or those who serve the God. So the church has a strong history. The New Testament church began with Paul and Silas in the book of Acts. Uh, recorded the scripture God told Paul and Silas, Barnabas, and all of those guys at that time to go out and start the church. And we know that based upon Paul's writing and what Paul was doing, uh, 13 epistles of the New Testament are ascribed to him as uh, the apostle Paul. Let's look at these verses, and I might go back just a little bit because we want to understand that there, the word of God talks about the spirit of God also. If you look at, uh, skip over to uh, chapter one in the uh, first chapter, we'll find the word of God talks about the spirit of God, which is important also in understanding why the church is important into the body of Christ. In the first chapter, we find in verses four and five, um, John to the seven churches or the seven called out assemblies, which are in Asia Minor, grace be unto you in peace from him which is and which was and which is to come and from the seven spirits which are before his throne and from Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ, which is the faithful witness and the firstborn of the dead, the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loveth us, washed, from, washed us from our sins in his own blood. So he talks about, it gets there dealing with the spirit of God himself and what God is beginning to do in the body of Christ and why the spirit of the Lord is so important. We talk about the seven spirits. And in the book of Revelation, this is mentioned several times in the first chapter, verses four and five, in the third chapter, verse one, also in the fourth chapter, verse number five, we find him talking about the spirits. And then also in Revelations, the, the fifth uh, chapter in the sixth verse, and uh, also in Isaiah, the 11th chapter in verse number two, he talks about the seven spirits of God. And what are the seven spirits of God? The seven spirits of God are the Holy Spirit. The spirit of the Lord is the first. The spirit of wisdom is the second. The spirit of understanding is the third. The spirit of counsel is the fourth. The spirit of might is the fifth or power. The spirit of knowledge and the spirit of the fear of the Lord. Those are the seven spirit or the seven spirits of the Holy Spirit who is a part of God which is in the earth. When Christ went back to heaven, he sent the comforter, the Holy Spirit, to be with us. So it is God in the spirit with us now. So in this particular writing, we want to look at these verses and see why God speaks to this church and he tells the church of Philadelphia, which is about 30 miles from Sparta. And Sparta was one of those churches that got themselves in deep trouble with God because they were just talking about religion 
talking about God, but they weren't sincere in their worship or in what they were doing. So Smyrna got themselves in serious trouble. And so did Sardis with God. Not Smyrna, but Sardis with God. And because of that, when Christ gets to the church at Philadelphia, he gives them no rebukes. He gives them no judgments. He only gives them praise. Let's look at these verses. Verse number seven, and the angel of a called out assembly of Philadelphia, which is a church with the sixth church. These things says he that is holy and true. Now remember, he first of all introduces who he is. Christ says, I am holy, I am true. I am the holy one. I am the pure one. I am the loving one. I am the divine one. I am the omnipotent one. I am the omniscient one. The word of God says he is holy, holy, holy. He is the righteous one, the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. He, so he introduces who he is. This is Christ Jesus introducing himself, Yeshua, unto this church at Philadelphia through the angel. The angel were always known as the minister of the church. He tells them in this particular verse, he says, write these things, says he that is holy and true. He that has the key of David. The key of David here talks about the fact that Christ comes through the lineage of David. He comes through the tribe of Judah. And he says, I have the key, the authority in this particular tribe of David. Look at the rest of this verse. He says, then he says unto him, he that opens and no man can shut. He that shuts and no man can open. He's simply saying, I have the authority to open the heavens, to open the treasures of the kingdom of God. I also have the authority to close them. I have the authority to let you go into the kingdom of God because of your righteous life, receiving me as Lord and Savior, and keeping my commandments and doing my will and seeking my faith. I also have the authority to close heaven and send you to an eternal damnation and to a fiery hell. So I have the keys to open the door that no man can come in and shut the door that no man can go out. For you have a little strength, he tells this church, and have a little strength, he says, and then he goes on to tell them with this little strength why they were so important. Now, they were first of all a small ministry, and they have guarded the word of God. He said, you have guarded, protected, and kept my word, and you have not denied my name. How many people come into a relationship with Christ and get to that place where they just deny him? Get to that place where they just give up and quit. He says, you have, he said, this church has been faithful to me. They have not denied my name. What a blessing for Christ to say to the church, you have kept what I wanted you to keep. You have kept the commandments. You have not denied me. You have not regarded, you have not did anything to forsake me as your Lord and your Savior. He goes on and he tells them in this particular verse, he says, Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them come and worship before your feet. He says there are those imposters, and we've talked about it on a number of occasions. A lot of those people up in the mountains, 
uh, the Caucasus Mountains over in Russia that come down into the land of Jerusalem and try to say that they are the real Hebrews that God talks about. Yes. The, the, the tribe of Judah so much for the sake. But he says they are liars and they are not. If you go back and you study, Paul says a Jew is not that which one is, which is one outwardly but one inwardly. I still believe that God also meant what he said when he said that there are liars that say they are Jews and they are not. Because he says, I will never forsake the Jewish nation. I will never forsake the Hebrew nation. The 12 tribes, they're going to be the ones that's in charge. If you study this book carefully before Christ returns, uh, when, he, when he returns and receives the body of Christ or the believers up, he's going to leave 144,000 of those Hebrews in the earth to carry forth the gospel. The word of God tells us, and shares with us, that we need to be aware of what he's saying to this church. Are we going to line ourselves up or are we in line with what God says to this church at Philadelphia? He goes on a little bit farther and he says these words. He says, behold, I will make them come and worship before your feet. He says, they're liars, but I'm going to make them come down and bow down to you. They're going to realize that you're the real Hebrews. They're going to realize that you are the real church. You are the real ecclesia, the called out assembly of God. Then he goes on and says, and to know that I have what? Love you. He says, I love the church that's sincere. I love the church that's pure. I love the church that's real. He says, I'm going to come back and I'm looking for a church that will not have a spot or a wrinkle. That's what I'm coming back for. There's a lot of people out there pretending, a lot of people out there playing church, but he said, I'm coming back for those that are real, those that are sincere, those that have not denied my name, those that have kept my command. Look at verse number 10. Because you have guarded the word of my patience. And then he goes on and says, I also will guard you from the hour of calamity. The time is going to come when there's going to be tribulation. There's going to be great tribulation. But Christ says to this church, I am going to protect you. I am going to watch over you and keep you safe. I am going to keep the enemy, those in the household of Satan, from coming up against you and doing things that are not godly and that are not according to the word and the will of God Almighty. He says, I'm going to watch over my church, my called out assembly, my ecclesia, he says in, the, in this writing. He tells us, as children of God, we should model this church. We should be governed according to the word of God because this is a church that did not get a rebuke. This is a church that did not get a judgment passed upon them because God said when he come back, he's going to pass judgment. He's starting at the household of faith first. He's coming to the church first. And then he's going out into the world and then they will receive retribution for their behavior and for their life and the things that they do the world think they have got it they think they got it all figured out the world's got it they think they got it all figured out they do what they want to do go where they want to and they just don't realize that time will come when god will get sick and tired of the ways of the world and he's going to cut them off and he's still doing he's doing it now big rappers and all these big folk all of a sudden they just one guy just standing in the standing out in the parking lot at a, uh, a, a bowling alley and taking off is his name, what they call it. And somebody just shoot in the crowd and the bullet hits him and kills him. 
struck him in the head, killed him dead. But people praise and worship these people. God says, I'm going to take your what? Your idol away from you. The word of God says, don't turn people into idols. Worship me. I am the living creator. I am the one. You want to worship somebody? I created and made you. Why are you worshiping people? Why are you worshiping a rapper who tells, talks everything that, 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 that shouldn't be said uh, about women most of the time or cursing out other rappers or doing things that is not, un, that is not godly? But, but people follow these people. The world will follow after the beast. Who is the beast? Satan is the beast. And because he's the beast, you have a whole world that will follow the beast. They don't have time for God this morning because they partied all night last night. They don't have time for God this morning because they got their own little thing going on and they don't want that to get wrecked up or messed up. But do you realize God is just a breath away from snatching your life? He says, I will come as a thief in the night. Do you know how a thief comes? You ain't expecting a thief. He just break in, take what he want to take, your life even if, if you're in the way, and go on by his business. A robber don't care. He do it in the broad daylight where everybody can see him. But a thief, you don't want to be bothered. You don't want to be dealing with no thief. You might have a chance with a robber, but you ain't going to have no chance with no thief. Because you ain't going to know he got you until it's too late. Well, look at the rest of these verses. Verse number 10, he says, because you have guarded my patience and I will guard you from the calamities. I shall come upon all the world, which shall come upon all the world, to try them that dwell upon their... God said, I'm going to try you. Calamities going to come to try you to see what you're made of. He said, the scripture tells us that the time will come when, when, when some will die and they will go to Christ and go to heaven. And he says, God will judge. And when he judges, he says he's going to try their works to see if they are pure. And he said, even if the works burn up because they have been righteous and lived the life according to the word of God and the will of God and trusted Christ as Lord and Savior, he said they will still get into heaven, but their works will not, they won't get credit for their works. Sometimes you can live right, but you're not doing what you need to be doing. He says, if your works are not pure, he said, you'll get in, but your works are going to be burned up, which means you won't get the reward you could have gotten for those works by doing and following the word of God and the will of God. Look at verse number 11. He says, Behold, I come quickly. Behold, hold fast to that which you have, that no man can what? Take your crown. See, God says, I'm going to give you a crown of righteousness, but you've got to continue to stay on the right path. You've got to continue to follow the word of God. You've got to continue to follow the teachings and do what God's word tells you to do. See, God says, I'm going to bless you, but are you ready for the blessing? I'm going to reward you when you get to the kingdom. See, the righteous will receive rewards for what they've done. They will receive the crown for the way they've lived in life and the way they've carried on. That they seek God, not only in seeking God, but trusting God. And not only in trusting God, but allowing what God is doing in your heart to reach out for somebody else. When we seek God, we seek in the matters of the kingdom. He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness. The kingdom of God is doing the work of ministry. That's the kingdom of God. That's what he's talking about. He says, go out there and work. Go out there and help the widows. Go out there and visit the sick and pray for them. Go out there and do things that help somebody along the way. Go out there and take the gospel and witness to that one that's about to fall off the vine. 
that's, that's what he's talking about. He says, seek the kingdom. Are you doing the things of the kingdom? Or are you doing the things that bring glory and pleasure to you? He says, be like the church at Philadelphia. He said they were small, but they weren't conceited. They were small, but they were not vindictive. They were small, but he loved them because they honored him. They respected him. They did the things that bring glory and praise him. They didn't have animosity and dickery and all of these things going on, murmuring and talking against the leadership and doing the things that God would not, was not pleased with. This church in Philadelphia was the perfect model church. You say, wait a minute, now ain't nobody perfect. God said they were perfect in his eyes. He had no judgment on this church other than the fact that they were good enough for him to open the treasures of the kingdom of God and pour the blessings upon them. What about us today? Can God open the treasures of his kingdom and pour those blessings into our lives? We should be striving to get to that place where God says, I want to bless St. John's Baptist Church in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. I want to pour, pour the riches of my glory into that house because those people love me. Those people worship me. Those people are in the service. Those people do the things that bring glory and praise to my name. Those people have not denied me. They have stayed with me. Look at verse 11. He says, behold, I come quickly. Hold fast to that which you have, that no man take your crown. Him that overcomes will I make a pillar in the temple of God. And he shall go no more out, and I will write up him write up his name of God and the name of the city of God or Jehovah, which is the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from God. And I will write upon him a new name. God says everybody going to have a new name. The name of Christ will rest upon us. The glory of God will rest upon us. The presence of God will rest upon us. He will give us victory in all areas of our lives. When we get there, we ain't going to have to worry about nothing because it'll be the new heaven and the new earth. Because he says, the former things will pass away. All of this world that we see here, we think this is something, boy. People come to this country and go to other countries and they're just excited as they can be. But what they don't realize is this is just a test. We are just passing through. We are pilgrims. We are the royal seed of the Most High God. And we are passing through. But because of our relationship, our trust in God, we will really experience the glories of God. He said, the heaven and the earth that's here will pass away. Behold, all things come new in Revelation. A new heaven and a new earth will manifest. And he says, I want you to be like this church in Philadelphia. So that you too can be, take a part and enjoy the glories and the riches and the praises in the kingdom of God by continuing to walk and follow in the order and in the steps that he tells this congregation to do. He says, when we do what God says, we ain't got to worry about it. When we live our lives according to the word of God, we ain't got to worry about it. When, we, we, when, when somebody want to gossip, we just go and seal our mouths. They want to talk, we just go I tell people all when, they, when they come to me with stuff, I say, well, just keep them uplifted in prayer. Because we all need prayer. We all get into something we ain't got no business getting into. Just pray for my brother. Because just like you're talking to them, me about them, somebody's going to be talking to me about you. 
The old saying, if a dog will bring a bone, guess what? He'll carry one. Don't talk about them. Just pray for them. And if you're passing judgment, make sure it's righteous judgment. Not to condemn or convict, but you say the word says in this situation. Pastor, we need to pray about it. Pastor, we need to talk, call them in and talk about it on the low, from the Lord's perspective. But no, don't, don't, no, no, don't, don't tear them down. Because there are people out there that's already doing that. But he says, because remember what he told this church. He said they were being attacked by Jews. The people that supposed to have their faith and trust in Christ, they were the ones attacking this church. They're the ones coming up against this church. He said, I see them. They say they are Jews and they are liars. They are Jews that they are not. I see them. I'm looking at them. I'm watching. Remember, God has the seven eyes of God. God has seven eyes. He can see. He sees everything. He knows everything. He's everywhere at the same time. But he's got the world, what, in his hand. You can't hide from God. You can go crawl under the rock. He's already under the rock looking at you coming under there. Go up in the top of a mountain somewhere and think he's going to hide in the peak of the mountain. And he's standing behind you and go, boo! Scare you and you're about to jump off and kill yourself. God says, you too big. You too, you too, you too small rather to box with God. You can't box with God. You, you, don't, you don't have. He said, why are you sleeping? God never sleeps. He says, I never sleep and I never slumber. He says, I am always alert. And that's how we have to be as children of God. We got to be alert. We got to know that we know that we know that we know that Christ is our Lord and Savior. And that we don't do anything to blaspheme the Holy Spirit. Don't do anything to come against the principles and the teachings of God's word and live a life like this church at Philadelphia. What a blessing for God to come, Christ to come down and say, you guys are what I'm looking for. Your church is what I am desiring. Remember the saints came to Christ and said, Lord, how long do we have to suffer? In the same book of Revelation. And he said, just a little while longer. And then he gave them, he said, he took away all of the filthiness off of them. And he put them on white robes. And he said, stay under the altar just a little while longer. Just wait a little while longer because a few more of you got to be martyred. But when the time has come, I'm going to resurrect all of you. I'm going to give you a place in the kingdom. What are the blessings? That we desire of this church. First of all, keep the word of God. Don't sway to the left. Don't sway to the right. He says, you have to be hot because if you're lukewarm, guess what? I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. He says, don't deny his name. Christ said, don't deny me. He says, if you deny me before men, I'm going to deny you before my father. He says, don't be fake. Don't act like the fake Jews just pretending to do one thing and not doing what they should be doing. And there are a lot of fake people out there. They're only interested in what's in it for them. Y'all friend of them kind of people? Make you think it's all about you. And there's like a leech they get on this latch onto you and suck you dry. God said, don't be like that. Don't be a fake. Be a sincere honorable person in the eyes of God 
Be a person of integrity, a person that's trustworthy, a person that has strong faith in righteousness and the God we serve. Sure, we make errors. Sure, we make mistakes. But he says, live the best that you can. These people weren't perfect in Philadelphia, but they had their faith and trust in God. And they relied on Christ as their Savior. He says, love one another. Christ Christ said they loved each other so much that I... Stamp them with the approval of love. When God can stamp you with the approval of love, that is something else. He says, I love this church. He didn't say that about some of the others. The word love never even came up. Matter of fact, he told the first church, you left your first love. People out there right now, they were with God. They had their faith and trust in Christ. They believed God. They ran with the church. They did everything for the church. And all of a sudden, the devil just fooled them one time. And they walked away from God. God said, what? You have not denied me whenever you walk away. That's the form of denial. He said, I'm married to the backslider, but you got to come back. You got to make up your mind to stay in the race. You can't win the race if you're sitting on the sideline watching. You can't win the race if you because you done got tired. If you're tired, you got to walk, you got to crawl, but you got to keep pressing on. Paul said, what I press for the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He said, I'm going to press till I get to the end. Not stop, but I'm going to cross the finish line is what he said. He said, we got to cross the finish line. We got to continue to stay strong and stay righteous and stay holy that the love of God will continue to fill our hearts. Then he said, and God will protect you from the enemy. He said, I'm going to watch over you. The enemy ain't going to be able to do anything to you because I'm going to watch over you. I'm going to protect you and I'm going to keep you. The little demon been following me around all week. Number six, finally, he says, God will give you a crown of righteousness. He said, I'm going to watch over you, but I'm going to reward you for your righteous stand. He said, you will get a crown of the way you have lived. Can we say that today, that whatever happens in this life, when I leave here, I'm going to get a crown of righteousness. God is going to give me life eternal. And if you accept the Christ as Lord and Savior, you have nothing in this world to worry about. Because when the Savior comes back, he's going to reward you for all of your righteousness. He's going to reward you for the way you've lived, even though the devil attacks. Even though people make you mad and you think you want to do things and say things, you still say, I repent, Lord, and keep pressing on. Don't realize that, that, that you say, well, I, I made a mistake. I might as well give up. Because the devil wants you, when a, especially a newborn uh, babe in Christ, the devil wants to tell them, see there, you ain't saved, you cursed. You ain't saved. If you were saved, you wouldn't do that. Well, let me tell you something. When God saved you, he didn't do nothing to the flesh. He saved the spirit. And the more you read this book and apply these principles, the more you control the flesh with this book and with the word of God. It's the word that fills your spirit. The more you feed the spirit, the stronger you come in the things of God and the worldly things fall off of you. But if you're not reading the word and spending time in fellowship and prayer, that's why you got the devil tearing your head up all week. I need to get my Bible and read. Yeah, you do. I need to pray. Yeah, you do. You know, if you don't pray and read the word of God, how are you feeding your spirit, man? He's starving to death. 
He's about to fall off, the, uh, fall off. Because he's not getting anything to eat. You got to feed the spirit. You got to pour some word in there. If you don't read but one scripture, read it all, all day. Read that one. Meditate on that one scripture. The more you meditate on it, the more God gives you fresh revelation, fresh knowledge, fresh wisdom. More stuff coming, falling out of the heavens. All of the hidden stuff is coming into your spirit, man. Because you're reading the word and you're meditating and thinking about it and you're rereading it and rereading it and rereading it. And the old mathematical genius said, and the repetition is the mother of skill. When the word of God is saturating you and pouring into your heart every single day, you can't help but walk upright. You can't help but do the best that you can. The devil ain't going to stop attempting you. The devil will try to get you every day. The devil still chasing after you. He's still chasing after me. He's going to chase after all of us. The devil know what you like. He presented every time. You know you ain't supposed to have that chocolate. He know what you like. He said, here, take one of these. This is good for you. You know, I ain't supposed to have it, Lord, but I'm a, ah, the devil done got me. See, that's what he wants you to say. I done got you. When you say the devil done got me again, that's what, yeah, yeah, go ahead and do that. You have to be strong and say, Lord, keep praying and asking God to help you. Even though you fall down, keep praying and trusting God to help you to get over it. I have to do it every day. Lord, you know this is a, this is a real hard one for me. Help me to get over it. Help me to deal with it and come out as true as go. You gotta do that. You can't just give up. You gotta be like the church in Philadelphia. They got they had what they were focused. They had their mind made up. They lived in integrity. They walked in righteousness and purity. And they kept seeking God even though they made mistakes. And we have to be the same way. We have to do what God says do, regardless of the fact that the enemy is trying to attack. What he said, I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. I will not quit. I will not falter. I will not fall. And if I do, I will get up. And I will keep pressing, what Paul said, pressing and pressing and pressing. If you have to crawl, keep crawling. Whatever you got to do, just keep doing what you need to do to get to where God wants you to be. Remember, the model church is who Christ is looking for in these last and evil days. And that's where we want to be. We want to be that little church. It ain't got to be big. It's the little church that Christ is pleased with who we are and what we are doing. And if God is pleased with us, guess what? It don't matter what nobody else say or what nobody else thinks. Always strive to do what brings glory and praise to God. And the riches of glory, he says, I will pour them upon you. Not only that, I will give you a crown of righteousness. In the last days, when he comes to this earth. May God bless you this morning. May heaven smile upon you. Let us stand. Heavenly Father, we come this afternoon to bless you, to praise you for this message of life and encouragement. We thank you for this church of Philadelphia, the model church. We just pray right now that you just touch those of us here that's under the word of God, under the unction of the Holy Spirit that has led and taught us to become just like this church. We pray for the sanctuary of your people. We pray for them now that you just minister to their hearts and minds. Meet all of our needs, Father, for we all seek you. We all need you. We all pray to you and trust you and rely upon you. Lord God, minister to our hearts and remove everything that's unlike you. Let your glorious power and your anointing flow through us. Let your words fill our lives that we may be righteous men and women that follow after Christ, our Lord and Savior, Christ Yeshua, that we will go and do the things that bring glory, praise, and honor to you and to the kingdom of God. 
We thank you for this hour and for this message. We bless you for every soul under the sound of my voice. Father, let these words sow sow into our hearts. Let it go deep into our minds, our subconscious, and allow us to apply the principles of this message to our lives. We thank you. We praise you. We give you all the glory and all the honor. In Christ Yeshua's mighty name, we ask it and pray today that all of God's people say, Amen. Amen. God bless you today. From the theme, be thankful unto the Lord. Be thankful unto the Lord. From the text I read in your hearing, Luke chapter 17, beginning with verse 11 through 19, we find the story of Christ talking to these 10 lepers. And these men, no doubt, were minding their own business when they realized that Christ was in their midst. Let us pray. Father, we are grateful this morning for your love and your grace. We thank you this morning for your love. We bless you for Yeshua, our Savior. We thank you now because you are worthy of all praise and glory. We ask you to come in among us and minister to us, teach us, move our hearts to receive your engrafted word and apply it to our living that others may see Christ in us and give you glory and praise, our Heavenly Father. We thank you for this hour and for this day. We bind all powers, darkness, rulers of the air, principalities that would rise up against your people, your word. We ask that in Christ Yeshua's mighty name we pray. Amen. In this particular passage, we find in verse number 11, and it came to pass as they went to Jerusalem, as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. We remember that most of Christ's earthly ministry was in Galilee. He did over 25 miracles of healing in Galilee. He fed those that were hungry and Galilee. For one reason or another, Christ had this power and presence about him that would lead him into the places of the rejected. This city of Samaria and the city of Galilee were composed and built of people that were considered outcasts, that were considered uh, rejected. Sometime in life we may experience some kind of rejection, but we have a Savior that will minister to the rejected. He talked to those individuals in both of these cities, and as he was in this particular city, going through Samaria and Galilee, he comes to this small village, and it doesn't tell what city or village this was, but it said a small village along the journey. And there he met ten men that were lepers. Leprosy was a disease that would deform the body. It would change the skin to these white pigments. And and you would be as white as snow. 
and leprosy was the type of disease that you didn't want to get because it was considered and you were an outcast and you couldn't live among the community of people. You had to go into seclusion and if you walked the streets, you had to announce unclean and cross and pass on the opposite side of the individuals that you were coming close to. The word of God tells us and shares with us that these men, knowing that they were sick with leprosy. The story goes on to say uh, they stood afar off. They didn't get near Christ. They stayed their distance and stayed away from him. And what happened in the midst of them staying away from him, they had sense enough to realize who he was. And sometime in life we may not realize who the Savior actually is. We may not realize that we need him. But the reality is we do. We need him every day. We need him every hour. We need him every second of every minute. The Bible tells us and shares with us that they lifted up their voices and said, Master, Rabbi, Master, Yeshua, Jesus, Master. Notice they did more than just called him Yeshua. They went a step further and realized that he was their master. Sometime in life, if we don't recognize that he's our master, we may not get the response that we need. Whenever we're going through and we're experiencing trials and tribulations, sometimes we have to cry out, Master, and allow him to manifest the glories of God and the answer for what we are looking for. Sometimes if you just give glory and praise in the moment, you'll find that there is victory in whatever you're going through. Bible tells us and shares with us, they said, have mercy on us. Yes. Now, what is mercy? Mercy is that, that, that which you are undeserving of. But God allows you to have his mercy. His mercies are nude and renewed every day. He don't reach back into the past or into yesterday and pull out a mercy and give it to you. But he renews your mercies every single day. He gives you new mercies, new opportunities, and more chances of life. What is mercy? Mercy is whenever you were driving your way here today, the car in the other lane stayed in the lane, and you passed by safely. Mercy is you came out of the house this morning, and you didn't injure yourself on the way to your vehicle. Mercy is you got up this morning, and you were closed in your right mind. That's something you didn't deserve, but God gave it to you anyway. Mercy, mercy, mercy is what we have when we put our faith and trust in God. He gives us mercy to move forward in the things of life. He gives us mercy to call upon him when we have degradation, degradation and troubles in life. He gives us his mercy to help us overcome trials and tribulations in our lives. Yeah. Verse 14 says, and when he saw them, he said unto them, go. Show yourselves to the priests. In that day when you were sick with leprosy, there was only one of two things that would happen. It would remain or eventually you would be healed of it. And if you were healed of it, the only person that can pronounce you as cleansed and as cured from leprosy was the priest. So Christ knew that that was what they had to do. So he says, go and show yourselves to the priests. Sometime if you just follow the instruction, yes. you will find the answer. Right. Sometimes you're looking for deliverance and victory, but in this manual is the answer. This is the manual for life, but if you will follow the instructions, yes. 
Sometime when mama want to make that cake, there's certain instructions on that box that she got to follow. In order to make it as good as she think, it ought to be for your taste buds and let you taste every single flavoring in that cake. She know exactly what to put in it and she know exactly how to follow the instructions and make it perfect so that you will enjoy every piece of it, every slice. But he says, follow the instructions. When you got your car, it came with a manual and you have to read that manual so you know when something goes wrong how to, to take care of the issue that you have. So, so it is with children. They give God give them parents and he said, now they are the manual and if you'll follow and listen to the manual, you'll be successful in life. But on the other hand, if you're disobedient and grouchy and and, and undeserving and unthankful and unholy and unrighteous, then you, you, you got away from the man. God says, follow the instructions. He gave them very simple instructions. He said, go and show yourselves to the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. Now just sometime, the miracle is in taking action. And in doing what Christ tells us, you can find the miracle. Sometimes some of you are still sitting around waiting on God to heal you. But are you listening and are you doing what the Savior says? Are you applying the principles to your life that the word of God says apply in order to receive your healing? And are you thankful? What is that word? There's a Greek word there that says you must be thankful. It means to be thankful in much. It tells us that to be to recognize the good that has already been shown unto you yes. by God himself or by another individual. Sometimes people do stuff for us and we don't have the sense to say thank you. But he says, what are you thankful for? What has happened in your life that you're willing to say thank you? Somebody opened the door for you. Do you say thank you? Or do you just walk in and look at them like you're crazy? You know? Sometimes people just you open the door for them and they walk by and they don't say a word. You want to take that door and you know what I mean? We have them moments where people, they just have no respect or no regard for kindness. And we say sometimes we have to show kindness for the things that God is doing in our lives. You know, a good meal is a reason to be thankful. A comfy couch is a reason to be thankful. The unconditional love of family and friends is reason to be thankful. See, we can be thankful for little things, such as somebody giving you a kind word. Be thankful for little things as a card or, or, or a thank you. See, there are other things to be thankful for. Our health and our strength is reason to be thankful to God. Because we could have woke up this morning in the hospital and not in our bed. We could have not woke up at all this morning. Could have woke up in eternity. But God said, I'm not finished with you yet. I want you to stay there just a little while longer. And he said, now give thanks and be grateful that I spared you and gave you mercy one more time. The word of God tells us and shares with us in Psalms 92. It's a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto the name of the Most High. Paul tells us in Colossians chapter 3 verse 15 and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which also ye are called in one body and be ye thankful when ye come to worship. Yes, yes. That's what David said. When you come into the house of God he said enter his gates with thanksgiving and come unto his courts with praise 
bless his holy name. And we ought to walk into church rejoicing and giving God praise. Nobody should ever have to tell you to lift your hands and say, thank you, Lord. Praise your holy name. Nobody should ever have to tell you to give God praise and thank. If you got, he said, let everything that have breath praise God. He said, just don't praise him. But he said, on the loud cymbals, on the high sounding cymbals, on string instruments and organs, he said, everything that have breath, give him praise. Show gratitude. Be thankful. Looked in the cupboard this morning, there was food in there. That's enough to be thankful for. And if there wasn't none in there, go out there and join the, grab some off that pantry out there. But God says, be thankful. These men, they started on their journey. And as they went on the journey to see the priest, they were healed. And it just one, just sometime if you just, just pay attention to what's going on. This one of them, just as he's walking, he realized there's a tingling and a change and something is a little different about him. And he looks at his skin and all of the, uh, the uh, pigmentation of leprosy had been healed and his hands were normal. And he looked at his hands and he examined himself real good and he, he turned around and went back to the master. The Bible says not only did he go back, but he fell on his face at his feet. And gave him glory and worshiped him for his healing. Are we thankful this morning for the things that God is doing for us? Are we thankful this morning for all that's happening in our lives? Look at what Christ says. And Christ answered and said, were there not ten cleansed? Now all the others were Jews or what we consider as the Hebrew. This one was a Samaritan. He said, were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? There are not found to return to give glory to God, save a stranger. He said, this man is not even a Jew. He's not even from this culture. He's not even from this hour. He's a Gentile. And he thought enough of Christ. Remember the, the, the Samaritan going down the road and the priest passes on the other side and the man's laying there in the ditch, all beat up and broken. The priest passed on the other side. Somebody else came along and passed on the other side. But here comes the Samaritan, the outcast, the rejected, the one that nobody wants to have anything to do with, stops, gets off his beast, binds up the man, wound pointing oil and, and, and healing, and then takes him to the inn and gives the innkeeper money and said, take care of him until he gets well. Yeah. Whatever else you spend, I'll give it to you when I come back through. Are we willing to show our gratitude for the things that God is doing in our lives? Are we thankful or are we just like the nine? Oh, yes, yes. Running to and fro, not thankful, grateful, ungrateful. Somebody give you a dollar and you said it should have been five. God says be grateful. Right. Be thankful for what you get. Yes, Lord. Last week I got cake. This week I got pie. I'm thankful for what God blessed me with. See, if you're not thankful for a little, guess what? You're not going to be thankful for much. So the more you get, you're always grumbling and complaining and you're always trying to figure out how to get more. And God says, be thankful, be content where you are. He says, all things work together for good to them that love God. If you're in a good place, stay there. If you're in a bad place, stay there. Somebody said, when life is sweet, Say thank you and celebrate. 
When life is bitter, say thank you and learn and grow from it. What are you thankful for? Always be thankful for your life. What you have, no matter whether it's good or bad, you should always give thanks. Because what you have is somebody else's fairy tale. They're wanting what you got. They're thankful to get what you got. First Thessalonians tells us there in the uh, fifth chapter, verses 16 through 18, I'm paraphrase. He says, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all of your circumstances, for this is the will of Christ Yeshua, our Lord, for us. I don't care what you're going through. You're having it hard? Lord, thank you that I'm worthy to go through the battle. Thank you that I'm worthy to suffer for your sake. God's will is that you give thanks. God's will is that you give him praise no matter what you go through. If the glass that you have is half full or half empty, just be thankful that you have the glass and there's something in it. When you think about all that God has done for you, are you thankful this morning? Can you say, Lord, I can look back where I came from and I can see where I am. I'm not where I used to be, but I thank God that you have brought me this far. I thank you that I'm at the place where I am. I'm not where I want to be, but I continue to strive to get there, trusting you that I will get there by my faith, trust, and thankful and grateful heart unto you. Most of us are thankful. Most of us give God praise and glory. But there are still those who find excuses. The Bible tells us, it says, most of all, give joyful thanks to the Father above who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the holy people in the kingdom of life. God says, I have guaranteed you life eternal. And that in itself is enough to be thankful for. That in itself is enough to be grateful for. That in itself is enough to give him praise. He says, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of his dear son who loves us. In whom we have redemption for the forgiveness of sin. That is the perfect gift. If you have redemption from sin, that is the best miracle you can have. That is the most powerful miracle to be grateful for, that I have eternal salvation, and no matter what happens, nobody can take that away from me. Because my faith and trust is in Christ Yeshua, my Lord and Savior, because as I trust him and give him praise, he continues to be with me in Colossians 1, 12, and 14. The Bible tells us and the word of God tells us, be thankful. Just imagine Christ died on the cross. Why? To save us from our sinful condition. But most of all, that we can say, Lord, I thank you. When you wake up, tell him thanks. At noontime, stop and say, Lord, I thank you. Before you go to bed at night, say, Lord, I thank you. Because you didn't have to allow me to go out and return. A lot of people left home last night but didn't get back home. Four days Saturday morning, three men over there on Utah decided they wanted to figure it out themselves instead of giving it unto the Lord. And all three of them are deceased now. One of them is a member of my brother's uh, ministry. The mother's a mem- member of his ministry, or one of the young men that were killed on four days, about five, a little after five on uh, Saturday morning, where people should be at home resting, getting prepared for another day. But for whatever reason, they had to try to figure it out themselves. 
Two died at the scene and one died at the hospital. Plane crash killed two. Nobody knows what caused it, who they were, where they came from. But the reality is death does not care who you are. Satan is like a roaring lion walking to and fro in the earth seeking whom he may devour. Remember, Job, the only thing God told Satan is not to touch his life. But God let him bruise him and do everything else to him. He said, you can do everything to him, but you can't touch his life. God gave Job all kind of sores. Job said, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. No matter what I'm going through, thank you, Lord. I'm not there yet, but thank you. I'm focusing and I'm fighting. Whatever the enemy is trying to put upon you, whatever demon is trying to attack your life and come up against you, give God praise and glory for victory over that because as you praise him, you will come to the place of victory. He said you are more than conquerors through him that love you and gave himself for your life. What are you worried about? What are you troubled about this morning? Turn it over into the hands of the Lord and let him have it. And say, Lord, the battle is yours and I thank you. The victory is mine. I'm walking into speak victory in your life. Whatever you're going through, speak victory. Don't let the devil beat you down. And say, I got the victory in this. And put a smile on your face and keep going forward. Realizing that there's nothing too small for God. Is there anything God said? Is there anything too big for God? God can handle it. We can't handle it sometimes, but there's nothing too big for God. He says, if you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, you can't even see a mustard seed. It's the, it's the, it's the tiniest seed on the planet, but it grows into the biggest tree of all of them. He said, if you've got that little bit of faith, that's all it takes for you to get your miracle. What's stopping you from getting to your miracle? Is it your attitude with no gratitude? Is it a lack of faith? Whatever it is, you need to crush that and throw it to the side and say, Father, it's in your hands. I believe I will receive my deliverance. I believe I will receive my healing. I believe I will receive my victory. I believe I will receive whatever that monetary thing is you trust in God for. Somebody done told you that you are done, you're finished. Don't believe that. Trust the word of God that you are somebody and he has much more to give you. Much more to bless you with. Much more to bring you through. You will come through whatever you're going through without a scratch. Let that prophecy sink in your spirit. Word of God says, I'm with you. Don't you worry about the devil. He can't do you no harm. He already defeated. He already lost the battle. Christ went down in the grave and took the keys. And he said, now I I got the keys. I'm going to give them to you. Here the keys to the kingdom. Whatsoever you ask in my name, that will I do. That you may be glorified, that the Father may be glorified, that you may be exalted, that you may receive victory in your life. What are you experiencing today? What are you going through that you don't have the power to overcome? There is nothing. You can overcome all things. All you got to do is put your faith and trust in God. The Bible said this man worshiped Christ. And when he worshiped him, he got up. What? Healed. He received this healing before he ever got to the priest. Can you believe? If you believe it'll happen, it'll manifest for you. The man knew he was healed before he ever got to the priest. Before he got to the priest, he turned around and went to the Savior and said, Master, I just want to thank you. Thank you, Jesus. 
He said, wait a minute. It was nine, it was ten of you. What a nine. Sometimes you can receive blessings even though you're ungrateful. Even though you're unthankful, God will still bless you. He said the rain falls upon the just as well as the unjust. So don't think just because you, 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 you are ungrateful, God can't bless you. He'll still bless you. But the thing of it is, when you're going to stop being ungrateful and say, Lord, I realize it wasn't anything I did, but it was you. I realize it wasn't anything I said, but it was you. When you're going to be thankful for where you are. You're striving to get to the next level, but you're not thankful for where you are. You got to give thanks for where you are. You can't go to the next level and you ain't showing gratitude for the level that you're at. God want to exalt you. He want to carry you higher, but you holding yourself up. Sometime, I said this one time before, Michael Jackson said, start with the man in the mirror. Get him straight. And when you get him straight, all the things that you're worried about. All the things that you're concerned about. Turn it over to the Lord and say, Lord, I need you. Sometimes you've got to cry out and say, Lord, help me. Can't do it myself. So you, you, you try to be tired and conservative. Well, I'm going to talk about to the Lord when I get home tonight. No, you need to say, Lord, I need you. Lord, deliver me. Lord, heal me. Master, help me. Master, deliver me. Master, bring me to the place of victory. You need to open your mouth and let God know that you are there. He said he want to hear from you. He don't want to hear your spirit open your mouth and tell him what you want. See, whatever it is, my God what? He got it. He has everything that you need. So don't let the devil fool you. You got the victory. Walk in victory. What are you thankful for? Yes. And are you glorious in giving God praise for every little thing that he do? Somebody almost run you over, but you say, Lord, thank you that you had sense enough to move the car. Because I ain't got sense enough to do it for myself. You got to be thankful for every little thing. See, it don't seem like much, but it's the little thing. You know, the, the one writer said it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. So you got to give thanks for the little things and say, Father, I thank you. It don't seem like much. I said one time before, every time I drive a certain number of miles, I said, Lord, thank you for every mile driven safely every day. Because anything could have happened along the way. But God said, I will keep you. I will protect you. I will send Jophel. I will send Uriel. I will send Gabriel. I will send Michael. I will send the host of the angelic angels to watch over you and keep you and protect you from the enemy. May God bless you this morning. May heaven smile upon you. But give thanks in all things. No matter what you're going through, just say, Lord, thank you for my deliverance and thank you for my victory because I am an overcomer and I can do all things. So your breakthrough is right at you at the door of breakthrough. All you got to do is walk through it. Sometimes people get to the breakthrough and turn around and go back in darkness. God said, don't go back in the dark. You're right at the door. Just step across into the light. Find your victory. May God bless you this morning. May heaven smile upon you. Let us stand for a word of prayer. With uplifted hands, Father, we're grateful this morning for this message. Be thankful unto the Lord. We praise you for everyone under the sound of my voice. We ask you now to touch them wherever they are. Move in their lives and give them a spirit of gratitude. Let us have attitudes of thanksgiving. 
to thank you, our Savior, for first of all, our salvation. And then for just watching over and protecting and keeping our lives and keeping us safe, Father. We are grateful. We are thankful for all that you do for us and our families, for our ministry here. We just bless you and praise you and give you glory and honor for all that you're doing for us. We just magnify your holy and righteous name. Be with us today, Lord. Help us. Strengthen us. Let us continue to give you glory and praise. and Let the miracles continue to manifest and pour into our lives each and every day. We're grateful for all that you've already done. We thank you for this holiday season, this Thanksgiving season. And we pray now you're covering over us and our family. Protect us, Lord God, and keep us safe. We give you glory, we give you honor, we give you praise. And we ask that in Christ that you are our Savior's mighty name. That all God's people say, Amen. God bless you. From the theme, Be Thankful Unto the Lord. Be thankful unto the Lord. From the text I read in your hearing, Luke chapter 17, beginning with verse 11 through 19, we find the story of Christ talking to these 10 lepers. And these men, no doubt, were minding their own business when they realized that Christ was in their midst. Let us pray. Father, we are grateful this morning for your love and your grace. We thank you this morning for your love. We bless you for Yeshua, our Savior. We thank you now because you are worthy of all praise and glory. We ask you to come in among us and minister to us, teach us. Move our hearts to receive your engrafted word and apply it to our living that others may see Christ in us and give you glory and praise, our Heavenly Father. We thank you for this hour and for this day. We bind all powers, darkness, rulers of the air, principalities that would rise up against your people, your word. And we ask that in Christ Yeshua's mighty name we pray. Amen. In this particular passage we find in verse number 11 and it came to pass as they went to Jerusalem as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee we remember that most of Christ's earthly ministry was in Galilee he did over 25 miracles of healing in Galilee he fed those that were hungry and Galilee. For one reason or another, Christ had this power and presence about him that would lead him into the places of the rejected. This city of Samaria and the city of Galilee were composed and built of people that were considered outcasts that were considered uh, rejected. And sometime in life we may experience some kind of rejection, but we have a Savior that will minister to the rejected. Yes. He talked to those individuals in both of these cities, and as he was in this particular city, going through Samaria and Galilee, he comes to this small village, and it doesn't tell what 
city or village this was, but it said a small village along the journey. And there he met 10 men that were lepers. And leprosy was a disease that would deform the body. It would change the skin to these white pigments and, and you would be as white as snow. And leprosy was the type of disease that you didn't want to get because it was considered and you were an outcast and you couldn't live among the community of people. You had to go into seclusion and if you walked the streets, you had to announce unclean and cross and pass on the opposite side of the individuals that you were coming close to. The word of God tells us and shares with us that these men, knowing that they were sick with leprosy, Story goes on to say uh, they stood afar off. They didn't get near Christ. They stayed their distance and stayed away from him. And what happened in the midst of them staying away from him, they had sense enough to realize who he was. And sometime in life we may not realize who the Savior actually is. We may not realize that we need him. But the reality is we do. We need him every day. We need him every hour. We need him every second. Of every minute. Bible tells us and chested us that they lifted up their voices and said, Master, Rabbi, Master, Yeshua, Jesus, Master. Notice they did more than just call him Yeshua. Yeah. They went a step further and realized that he was their master. Sometime in life, if we don't recognize that he's our master, we may not get the response that we need. Whenever we're going through and we're experiencing trials and tribulations, sometimes we have to cry out, Master, and allow him to manifest the glories of God and the answer for what we are looking for. Sometimes if you just give glory and praise in the moment, you'll find that there is victory in whatever you're going through. The Bible tells us and shares with us, they said, have mercy on us. Yes. Now, what is mercy? Mercy is that 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 which you are undeserving of. But God allows you to have his mercy. His mercies are nude and renewed every day. He don't reach back into the past or into yesterday and pull out a mercy and give it to you, but he renews your mercies every single day. He gives you new mercies, new opportunities, and more chances of life. What is mercy? Mercy is whenever you were driving your way here today, the car in the other lane stayed in the lane and you passed by safely. Mercy is you came out of the house this morning and you didn't injure yourself on the way to your vehicle. Mercy is you got up this morning and you were closed in your right mind. That's something you didn't deserve, but God gave it to you anyway. Mercy, mercy, mercy is what we have when we put our faith and trust in God. He gives us mercy to move forward in the things of life. He gives us mercy to call upon him when we have degradation, degradation and troubles in life. He gives us his mercy to help us overcome trials and tribulations in our lives. Yeah. Verse 14 says, and when he saw them, he said unto them, go, show yourselves to the priests. In that day when you were sick with leprosy, there was only one of two things that would happen. It would remain or eventually you would be healed of it. And if you were healed of it, the only person that can pronounce you as cleansed and as uh, cured from leprosy was the priest. So Christ knew that that was what they had to do. So he says, go and show yourselves 
to the priest. Sometimes if you just follow the instruction, yes. you will find the answer. Right. Sometimes you're looking for deliverance and victory, but in this manual is the answer. This is the manual for life, but if you will follow the instructions, yes. sometimes when mama want to make that cake, there's certain instructions on that box that she got to follow. In order to make it as good as she think, it ought to be for your taste buds and let you taste every single flavoring in that cake. She know exactly what to put in it and she know exactly how to follow the instructions and make it perfect so that you will enjoy every piece of it, every slice. But he says, follow the instruction. When you got your car, it came with a manual and you have to read that manual so you know when something goes wrong how to, to take care of the issue that you're having. So, so it is with children. They give God give them parents and he says, now they are the manual. And if you'll follow and listen to the manual, you'll be successful in life. But on the other hand, if you're disobedient and grouchy and, and, and undeserving and unthankful and unholy and unrighteous, then you, you, you got away from the man. God says, follow the instructions. He gave them very simple instructions. He said, go and show yourselves to the priest. And it came to pass. That as they went, they were cleansed. Now just sometime, the miracle is in taking action. And in doing what Christ tells us, you can find the miracle. Sometimes some of you are still sitting around waiting on God to heal you. But are you listening and are you doing what the Savior says? Are you applying the principles to your life that the word of God says apply in order to receive your healing? And are you thankful? What is that word? There's a Greek word there. It says you must be thankful. It means to be thankful in much. Tells us that to be, to recognize the good that has already been shown unto you. By God himself or by another individual. Sometimes people do stuff for us and we don't have the sense to say thank you. But he says, what are you thankful for? What has happened in your life that you're willing to say thank you? Somebody open the door for you. Do you say thank you? Or do you just walk in and look at them like you're crazy? You know, sometimes people just you open the door for them and they walk by and they don't say a word. You want to take that door. You know what I mean? We have them moments where people, they just have no respect or no regard for kindness. And we say sometimes we have to show kindness. For the things that God is doing in our lives. Yes. You know, a good meal is a reason to be thankful. A comfy couch is a reason to be thankful. The unconditional love of family and friends is reason to be thankful. See, we can be thankful for little things, such as somebody giving you a kind word. Be thankful for little things as a card or, or, or a thank you. See, there are other things to be thankful for. Our health and our strength is reason to be thankful to God. Because we could have woke up this morning in the hospital and not in our bed. We could have not woke up at all this morning. Could have woke up in eternity. But God said, I'm not finished with you yet. I want you to stay there just a little while longer. And he said, now give thanks and be grateful that I've spared you and gave you mercy one more time. The word of God tells us and shares with us in Psalms 92. It's a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto the name of the Most High. 
Paul tells us in Colossians chapter 3, verse 15, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful when ye come to worship. That's what David said. When you come into the house of God, he said, enter his gates with thanksgiving and come unto his courts with praise. Bless his holy name. And we ought to walk into church rejoicing and giving God praise. Nobody should ever have to tell you to lift your hands and say, thank you, Lord. Praise your holy name. Nobody should ever have to tell you to give God praise and thank. If you got, he said, let everything that have breath praise God. He said, just don't praise him. But he said on the loud symbols, on the high sounding symbols, on string instruments and organs, he said, everything that have breath, give him praise. Show gratitude. Be thankful. Looked in the cover this morning, there was food in there. That's enough to be thankful for. And if there wasn't none in there, go out there and join grab some off that pantry out there. But God says, be thankful. These men, they started on their journey. And as they went on the journey to see the priest, they were healed. And it just one, just sometime if you just, just pay attention to what's going on. This one of them, just as he's walking, he realized there's a tingling and a change and something is a little different about him. And he looks at his skin and all of the, uh, the uh, pigmentation of leprosy had been healed and his hands were normal. And he looked at his hands and he examined himself real good and he, he turned around and went back to the master. The Bible says not only did he go back, but he fell on his face at his feet. And gave him glory and worshiped him for his healing. Are we thankful this morning for the things that God is doing for us? Are we thankful this morning for all that's happening in our lives? Look at what Christ says. And Christ answered and said, were there not ten cleansed? Now all the others were Jews or what we consider as the Hebrew. This one was a Samaritan. He said, were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? There are not found to return to give glory to God, save a stranger. He said, this man is not even a Jew. He's not even from this culture. He's not even from this hour. He's a Gentile. And he thought enough of Christ. Remember the, the, the Samaritan going down the road and the priest passes on the other side and the man's laying there in the ditch, all beat up and broken. The priest passed on the other side. Somebody else came along and passed on the other side. But here comes the Samaritan, the outcast, the rejected, the one that nobody wants to have anything to do with, stops, gets off his beast, binds up the man, wound pointing all and, and, and healing, and then takes him to the inn and gives the innkeeper money and said, take care of him until he gets well. Whatever else you spend, I'll give it to you when I come back through. Are we willing to show our gratitude for the things that God is doing in our lives? Are we thankful or are we just like the nine? Running to and fro, not thankful, grateful, ungrateful. Somebody give you a dollar and you say that should have been five. God says be grateful. Be thankful for what you get. Last week I got cake. This week I got pie. I'm thankful for what God blessed me with. See, if you're not thankful for a little, guess what? You're not going to be thankful for much. So the more you get, you're always grumbling and complaining and you're always trying to figure out how to get more. And God says, be 
thankful, be content where you are. He says, all things work together for good to them that love God. If you're in a good place, stay there. If you're in a bad place, stay there. Somebody said, when life is sweet, say thank you and celebrate. When life is bitter, say thank you and learn and grow from it. What are you thankful for? Always be thankful for your life. What you have, no matter whether it's good or bad, you should always give thanks. Because what you have is somebody else's fairy tale. They're wanting what you've got. They're thankful to get what you've got. First Thessalonians tells us there in the uh, fifth chapter, verses 16 through 18, I'm paraphrase. He says, rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all of your circumstances, for this is the will of Christ Yeshua, our Lord, for us. I don't care what you're going through. You're having it hard? Lord, thank you that I'm worthy to go through the battle. Thank you that I'm worthy to suffer for your sake. So God's will is that you give thanks. God's will is that you give him praise no matter what you go through. If the glass that you have is half full or half empty, just be thankful that you have the glass and there's something in it. When you think about all that God has done for you, are you thankful this morning? Can you say, Lord, I can look back where I came from and I can see where I am. I'm not where I used to be, but I thank God that you have brought me this far. I thank you that I'm at the place where I am. I'm not where I want to be, but I continue to strive to get there, trusting you that I will get there by my faith, trust, and thankful and grateful heart unto you. Most of us are thankful. Most of us give God praise and glory, but there are still those who find excuses. The Bible tells us, it says, most of all give joyful thanks to the Father above who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the holy people in the kingdom of life. God says, I have guaranteed you life eternal. And that in itself is enough to be thankful for. That in itself is enough to be grateful for. That in itself is enough to give him praise. He says, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of his dear son who loves us. In whom we have redemption for the forgiveness of sin. That is the perfect gift. If you have redemption from sin, that is the best miracle you can have. That is the most powerful miracle to be grateful for, that I have eternal salvation, and no matter what happens, nobody can take that away from me. Because my faith and trust is in Christ the pure, my Lord and Savior, because as I trust him and give him praise, he continues to be with me in Colossians 1, 12, and 14. The Bible tells us and the word of God tells us, be thankful. Just imagine Christ died on the cross. Why? To save us from our sinful condition. But most of all, that we can say, Lord, I thank you. When you wake up, tell him thanks. At noontime, stop and say, Lord, I thank you. Before you go to bed at night, say, Lord, I thank you. Because you didn't have to allow me to go out and return. A lot of people left home last night but didn't get back home. Four days Saturday morning, three men over there on Utah decided they wanted to figure it out themselves instead of giving it unto the Lord. And all three of them are deceased now. One of them is a member of my brother's uh, ministry. 
The mother's a mem member of his ministry, or one of the young men that were killed on four days, about five, a little after five on uh, Saturday morning, where people should be at home resting, getting prepared for another day. But for whatever reason, they had to try to figure it out themselves. Two died at the scene and one died at the hospital. Plane crash killed two. Nobody knows what caused it, who they were, where they came from. But the reality is death does not care who you are. Satan is like a roaring lion walking to and fro in the earth seeking whom he may devour. Remember Job, the only thing God told Satan is not to touch his life. But God let him bruise him and do everything else to him. He said you can do everything to him but you can't touch his life. God gave Job all kind of sores. Job said the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. No matter what I'm going through, thank you, Lord. I'm not there yet, but thank you. I'm focusing and I'm fighting. Whatever the enemy is trying to put upon you, whatever demon is trying to attack your life and come up against you, give God praise and glory for victory over that because as you praise him, you will come to the place of victory. He said you are more than conquerors through him that love you and gave himself for your life. What are you worried about? What are you troubled about this morning? Turn it over into the hands of the Lord and let him have it. And say, Lord, the battle is yours and I thank you. The victory is mine. I'm walking into speak victory in your life. Whatever you're going through, speak victory. Don't let the devil beat you down and say, I got the victory in this and put a smile on your face and keep going forward. Realizing that there's nothing too small for God. Is there anything God said? Is there anything too big for God? God can handle it. We can't handle it sometimes, but there's nothing too big for God. He says, if you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, you can't even see a mustard seed. It's the, it's the, it's the tiniest seed on the planet, but it grows into the biggest tree of all of them. He said, if you've got that little bit of faith, that's all it takes for you to get your miracle. What's stopping you from getting to your miracle? Is it your attitude with no gratitude? Is it a lack of faith? Whatever it is, you need to crush that and throw it to the side and say, Father, it's in your hand. I believe I will receive my deliverance. I believe I will receive my healing. I believe I will receive my victory. I believe I will receive whatever that monetary thing is you trust in God for. Somebody done told you that you are done, you're finished. Don't believe that. Trust the word of God that you are somebody and he has much more to give you. Much more to bless you with. Much more to bring you through. You will come through whatever you're going through without a scratch. Let that prophecy sink in your spirit. Word of God says, I'm with you. Don't you worry about the devil. He can't do you no harm. He already defeated. He already lost the battle. Christ went down in the grave and took the keys. And he said, now nah, I got the keys. I'm going to give them to you. Here the keys to the kingdom. Whatsoever you ask in my name, that will I do. That you may be glorified, that the Father may be glorified, that you may be exalted, that you may receive victory in your life. What are you experiencing today? What are you going through that you don't have the power to overcome? There is nothing. You can overcome all things. All you got to do is put your faith and trust in God. The Bible said this man worshipped Christ. And when he worshipped him, he got up. What? 
healed. He received this healing before he ever got to the preacher. Can you believe? If you believe it'll happen, it'll manifest for you. The man knew he was healed before he ever got to the priest. Before he got to the priest, he turned around and went to the Savior and said, Master, I just want to thank you. Thank you, Jesus. He said, wait a minute. It was nine, it was ten of you. Where the nine? Sometimes you can receive blessings even though you're ungrateful. Even though you're unthankful, God will still bless you. He said the rain falls upon the just as well as the unjust. So don't think just because you, 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 you are ungrateful, God can't bless you. He'll still bless you. But the thing of it is, when you're going to stop being ungrateful and say, Lord, I realize it wasn't anything I did, but it was you. I realize it wasn't anything I said, but it was you. When you're going to be thankful for where you are. You're striving to get to the next level, but you're not thankful for where you are. You got to give thanks for where you are. You can't go to the next level and you ain't showing gratitude for the level that you're at. God want to exalt you. He want to carry you higher. But you holding yourself up. Sometime, I said this one time before, Michael Jackson said, start with the man in the mirror. Get him straight. And when you get him straight, all the things that you're worried about. All the things that you're concerned about. Turn it over to the Lord and say, Lord, I need you. Sometimes you got to cry out and say, Lord, help me. Can't do it myself. So you, you, you try to be pious and conservative. Well, I'm going to talk about to the Lord when I get home tonight. No, you need to say, Lord, I need you. Lord, deliver me. Lord, heal me. Master, help me. Master deliver me. Master bring me to the place of victory. You need to open your mouth and let God know that you are there. He said he want to hear from you. He don't want to hear your spirit open your mouth and tell him what you want. See, whatever it is, my God what? He got it. He has everything you need. So don't let the devil fool you. You got the victory. Walk in victory. What are you thankful for? Yes. And all your glory is in giving God praise for every little thing that he do. Somebody almost run you over, but you say, Lord, thank you that you had sense enough to move the car. Because I ain't got sense enough to do it for myself. See, you got to be thankful for everything. See, it don't seem like much, but it's the little thing. You know, the, the one writer said it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. So you got to give thanks for the little things and say, Father, I thank you. It don't seem like much. I said one time before, every time I drive a certain number of miles, I said, Lord, thank you for every mile driven safely every day. Because anything could have happened along the way. But God said, I will keep you. I will protect you. I will send Jophel. I will send Uriel. I will send Gabriel. I will send Michael. I will send the host of the angelic angels to watch over you and keep you and protect you from the enemy. May God bless you this morning. May heaven smile upon you. But give thanks in all things. No matter what you're going through. Just say, Lord, thank you for my deliverance. And thank you for my victory. Because I am an overcome. And I can do all things. So your breakthrough is right at you at the door. Breakthrough. All you got to do is walk through it. Sometimes people get to the breakthrough and turn around and go back in darkness. God said, don't go back in the dark. You're right at the door. Just step across into the light. And find your victory. May God bless you this morning. May heaven smile upon you. Let us stand for a word of prayer. With uplifted hands, Father, we're grateful this morning.
for this message. Be thankful unto the Lord. We praise you for everyone under the sound of my voice. We ask you now to touch them wherever they are. Move in their lives and give them a spirit of gratitude. Let us have attitudes of thanksgiving to thank you, our Savior, for first of all, our salvation. And then for just watching over and protecting and keeping our lives and keeping us safe, Father. We are grateful. We are thankful for all that you do for us and our families, for our ministry here. We just bless you and praise you and give you glory and honor for all that you're doing for us. We just magnify your holy and righteous name. Be with us today, Lord. Help us. Strengthen us. Let us continue to give you glory and praise. And let the miracles continue to manifest and pour into our lives each and every day. We're grateful for all that you've already done. We thank you for this holiday season, this Thanksgiving season, and we pray now you're covering over us and our family. Protect us, Lord God, and keep us safe. We give you glory, we give you honor, we give you praise. And we ask that in Christ that you are our Savior's mighty name, that all God's people say, Amen. God bless you. From the theme, Be Thankful, unto the Lord. Be thankful unto the Lord. From the text I read in your hearing, Luke chapter 17, beginning with verse 11 through 19, we find the story of Christ talking to these 10 lepers. And these men, no doubt, were minding their own business when they realized that Christ was in their midst. Let us pray. Father, we are grateful this morning for your love and your grace. We thank you this morning for your love. We bless you for Yeshua, our Savior. We thank you now because you are worthy of all praise and glory. We ask you to come in among us and minister to us, teach us. Move our hearts to receive your engrafted word and apply it to our living that others may see Christ in us and give you glory and praise, our Heavenly Father. We thank you for this hour and for this day. We bind all powers, darkness, rulers of the air, principalities that would rise up against your people, your word. We ask that in Christ Yeshua's mighty name we pray. Amen. In this particular passage we find in verse number 11 and it came to pass as they went to Jerusalem as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee we remember that most of Christ's earthly ministry was in Galilee he did over 25 miracles of healing in Galilee he fed those that were hungry and Galilee. For one reason or another, Christ had this power and presence about him that would lead him into the places of the rejected. This city of Samaria and the city of Galilee were composed and built of people that were considered outcasts that were considered uh, rejected. And sometime in life we may experience some kind of rejection, but we have a Savior that will minister to the rejected. Yes. 
He talked to those individuals in both of these cities. And as he was in this particular city, going through Samaria and Galilee, he comes to this small village. And it doesn't tell what city or village this was, but it said a small village along the journey. And there he met 10 men that were lepers. And leprosy was a disease that would deform the body. It would change the skin to these white pigments. And, and you would be as white as snow. And leprosy was the type of disease that you didn't want to get because it was considered and you were an outcast and you couldn't live among the community of people. You had to go into seclusion. And if you walked the streets, you had to announce unclean and cross and pass on the opposite side of the individuals that you were coming close to. The word of God tells us and shares with us that these men, knowing that they were sick with leprosy. The story goes on to say uh, they stood afar off. They didn't get near Christ. They stayed their distance and stayed away from him. And what happened in the midst of them staying away from him, they had sense enough to realize who he was. Sometime in life, we may not realize who the Savior actually is. We may not realize that we need him. But the reality is, we do. We need him every day. We need him every hour. We need him every second of every minute. The Bible tells us and shares with us that they lifted up their voices and said, Master, Rabbi, Master, Yeshua, Jesus, Master. Notice they did more than just called him Yeshua. They went a step further and realized that he was their master. Sometime in life, if we don't recognize that he's our master, we may not get the response that we need. Whenever we're going through and we're experiencing trials and tribulations, sometimes we have to cry out, Master, and allow him to manifest the glories of God and the answer for what we are looking for. Sometimes if you just give glory and praise in the moment, You'll find that there is victory in whatever you're going through. The Bible tells us and shares with us, they said, have mercy on us. Yes. Now, what is mercy? Mercy is that, that, that which you are undeserving of. But God allows you to have his mercy. His mercies are nude and renewed every day. He don't reach back into the past or into yesterday and pull out a mercy and give it to you, but he renewed. Your mercies every single day. He gives you new mercies, new opportunities, and more chances of life. What is mercy? Mercy is whenever you were driving your way here today. The car in the other lane stayed in the lane, and you passed by safely. Mercy is you came out of the house this morning, and you didn't injure yourself on the way to your vehicle. Mercy is you got up this morning, and you were closed in your right mind. That's something you didn't deserve, but God gave it to you anyway. Mercy, mercy, mercy is what we have when we put our faith and trust in God. He gives us mercy to move forward in the things of life. He gives us mercy to call upon him when we have degradation, degradation and troubles in life. He gives us his mercy to help us overcome trials and tribulations in our lives. Yeah. Verse 14 says, and when he saw them, he said unto them, go. Show yourselves to the priests. In that day when you were sick with leprosy, there was only one or two things that would happen. It would remain 
or eventually you would be healed of it. And if you were healed of it, the only person that can pronounce you as cleansed and as cured from leprosy was the priest. So Christ knew that that was what they had to do. So he says, go and show yourselves to the priest. Sometime if you just follow the instruction, yes. you will find the answer. Sometimes you're looking for deliverance and victory, but in this manual is the answer. This is the manual for life, but if you will follow the instructions, sometime when mama want to make that cake, there's certain instructions on that box that she got to follow. In order to make it as good as she think, it ought to be for your taste buds and let you taste every single flavoring in that cake. She know exactly what to put in it and she know exactly how to follow the instructions and make it perfect so that you will enjoy every piece of it, every slice. But he says, follow the instructions. When you got your car, it came with a manual, and you have to read that manual so you know when something goes wrong how to, to take care of the issue that you have. So, so it is with children. They give, God give them parents, and he said, now they are the manual, and if you'll follow and listen to the manual, you'll be successful in life. But on the other hand, if you're disobedient and grouchy and and, and undeserving and unthankful and unholy and unrighteous, then you, you, you got away from the man. God says, follow the instructions. He gave them very simple instructions. He said, go and show yourselves to the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. Now just sometime, the miracle is in taking action. And in doing what Christ tells us, you can find the miracle. Sometimes some of you are still sitting around waiting on God to heal you. But are you listening and are you doing what the Savior says? Are you applying the principles to your life that the word of God says apply in order to receive your healing? And are you thankful? What is that word? There's a Greek word there that says you must be thankful. It means to be thankful in much. Tells us that to be to recognize the good that has already been shown unto you yes. by God himself or by another individual. Sometimes people do stuff for us and we don't have the sense to say thank you. But he says, what are you thankful for? What has happened in your life that you're willing to say thank you? Somebody opened the door for you. Do you say thank you? Or do you just walk in and look at them like you're crazy? You know? Sometimes people just you open the door for them and they walk by and they don't say a word. You want to take that door and you know what I mean? We have them moments where people, they just have no respect or no regard for kindness. And we say sometimes we have to show kindness for the things that God is doing in our lives. You know, a good meal is a reason to be thankful. A comfy couch is a reason to be thankful. The unconditional love of family and friends is reason to be thankful. See, we can be thankful for little things, such as somebody giving you a kind word. Be thankful for little things as a card or, or, or a thank you. See, there are other things to be thankful for. Our health and our strength is reason to be thankful to God. Because we could have woke up this morning in the hospital and not in our bed. We could have not woke up at all this morning. Could have woke up in eternity. But God said, I'm not finished with you yet. I want you to stay there just a little while longer. And he said, now give thanks and be grateful 
that I've spared you and gave you mercy one more time. The word of God tells us and shares with us in Psalms 92, it's a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto the name of the Most High. Paul tells us in Colossians chapter 3, verse 15, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which also ye are called in one body and be ye thankful when ye come to worship. That's what David said. When you come into the house of God, he said, enter his gates with thanksgiving and come unto his courts with praise. Bless his holy name. And we ought to walk into church rejoicing and giving God praise. Nobody should ever have to tell you to lift your hands and say, thank you, Lord. Praise your holy name. Nobody should ever have to tell you to give God praise and thank. If you got, he said, let everything that have breath praise God. He said, just don't praise him. But he said on the loud symbols, on the high sounding symbols, on string instruments and organs, he said, everything that have breath, give him praise. Show gratitude. Be thankful. Looked in the cupboard this morning, there was food in there. That's enough to be thankful for. And if there wasn't none in there, go out there and join the, grab some off that pantry out there. But God says, be thankful. These men, they started on their journey. And as they went on the journey to see the priest, they were healed. And it just one, just sometime if you just, just pay attention to what's going on. This one of them, just as he's walking, he realized there's a tingling and a change and something is a little different about him. And he looks at his skin and all of the, uh, the uh, pigmentation of leprosy had been healed and his hands were normal. And he looked at his hands and he examined himself real good and he, he turned around and went back to the master. The Bible says not only did he go back, but he fell on his face at his feet. And gave him glory and worshiped him for his healing. Are we thankful this morning for the things that God is doing for us? Are we thankful this morning for all that's happening in our lives? Look at what Christ says. And Christ answered and said, were there not ten cleansed? Now all the others were Jews or what we consider as the Hebrew. This one was a Samaritan. He said, were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? There are not found to return to give glory to God, save a stranger. He said, this man is not even a Jew. He's not even from this culture. He's not even from this hour. He's a Gentile. And he thought enough of Christ. Remember the, the, the Samaritan going down the road and the priest passes on the other side and the man's laying there in the ditch, all beat up and broken. The priest passed on the other side. Somebody else came along and passed on the other side. But here comes the Samaritan, the outcast, the rejected, the one that nobody wants to have anything to do with, stops, gets off his beast, binds up the man, wound pointing oil and, and, and healing, and then takes him to the inn and gives the innkeeper money and said, take care of him until he gets well. Whatever else you spend, I'll give it to you when I come back through. Are we willing to show our gratitude for the things that God is doing in our lives? Are we thankful or are we just like the nine? Oh, yes, yes. Running to and fro, not thankful, grateful, ungrateful. Somebody give you a dollar and you said it should have been five. God says be grateful. Be thankful for what you get. Last week I got cake. This week I got pie. 
I'm thankful for what God blessed me with. See, if you're not thankful for a little, guess what? You're not going to be thankful for much. Because the more you get, you're always grumbling and complaining and you're always trying to figure out how to get more. And God says, be thankful, be content where you are. He says, all things work together for good to them that love God. If you're in a good place, stay there. If you're in a bad place, stay there. Somebody said, when life is sweet, say thank you and celebrate. When life is bitter, say thank you and learn and grow from it. What are you thankful for? Always be thankful for your life. What you have, no matter whether it's good or bad, you should always give thanks. Because what you have is somebody else's fairy tale. They're wanting what you've got. They're thankful to get what you've got. First Thessalonians tells us there in the uh, fifth chapter, verses 16 through 18, I'm paraphrase. He says, rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all of your circumstances, for this is the will of Christ Yeshua, our Lord, for us. I don't care what you're going through. You're having it hard? Lord, thank you that I'm worthy to go through the battle. Thank you that I'm worthy to suffer for your sake. God's will is that you give thanks. God's will is that you give him praise no matter what you go through. If the glass that you have is half full or half empty, just be thankful that you have the glass and there's something in it. When you think about all that God has done for you, are you thankful this morning? Can you say, Lord, I can look back where I came from and I can see where I am. I'm not where I used to be, but I thank God that you have brought me this far. I thank you that I'm at the place where I am. I'm not where I want to be, but I continue to strive to get there, trusting you that I will get there by my faith, trust, and thankful and grateful heart unto you. Most of us are thankful. Most of us give God praise and glory. But there are still those who find excuses. The Bible tells us, it says, most of all, give joyful thanks to the Father above who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the holy people in the kingdom of life. God says, I have guaranteed you life eternal. And that in itself is enough to be thankful for. That in itself is enough to be grateful for. That in itself is enough to give him praise. He says, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of his dear son who loves us. In whom we have redemption for the forgiveness of sin. That is the perfect gift. If you have redemption from sin, that is the best miracle you can have. That is the most powerful miracle to be grateful for, that I have eternal salvation, and no matter what happens, nobody can take that away from me. Because my faith and trust is in Christ Yeshua, my Lord and Savior, because as I trust him and give him praise, he continues to be with me in Colossians 1, 12, and 14. The Bible tells us and the word of God tells us, be thankful. Just imagine Christ died on the cross. Why? To save us from our sinful condition. But most of all, that we can say, Lord, I thank you. When you wake up, tell him thanks. At noontime, stop and say, Lord, I thank you. Before you go to bed at night, say, Lord, I thank you. Because you didn't have to allow me to go out and return. A lot of people left home last night but didn't get back home. 
Before they Saturday morning, three men over there on Utah decided they wanted to figure it out themselves instead of giving it unto the Lord. And all three of them are deceased now. One of them is a member of my brother's uh, ministry. The mother's a mem- member of his ministry, or one of the young men that were killed on four days, about five, a little after five on uh, Saturday morning, where people should be at home re- resting, getting prepared for another day. But for whatever reason, they had to try to figure it out themselves. Two died at the scene and one died at the hospital. Plane crash killed two. Nobody knows what caused it, who they were, where they came from. But the reality is death does not care who you are. Satan is like a roaring lion walking to and fro in the earth seeking whom he may devour. Remember, Job, the only thing God told Satan is not to touch his life. But God let him bruise him and do everything else to him. He said, you can do everything to him, but you can't touch his life. God gave Job all kind of sores. Job said, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. No matter what I'm going through, thank you, Lord. I'm not there yet, but thank you. I'm focusing and I'm fighting. Whatever the enemy is trying to put upon you, whatever demon is trying to attack your life and come up against you, give God praise and glory for victory over that because as you praise him, you will come to the place of victory. He said you are more than conquerors through him that love you and gave himself for your life. What are you worried about? What are you troubled about this morning? Turn it over into the hands of the Lord and let him have it. And say, Lord, the battle is yours, and I thank you. The victory is mine. I'm walking into speak victory in your life. Whatever you're going through, speak victory. Don't let the devil beat you down and say, I got the victory in this, and put a smile on your face and keep going forward. Realizing that there's nothing too small for God. Is there anything God said? Is there anything too big for God? God can handle it. We can't handle it sometimes, but there's nothing too big for God. He says, if you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, you can't even see a mustard seed. It's the, it's the, it's the tiniest seed on the planet, but it grows into the biggest tree of all of them. He said, if you've got that little bit of faith, that's all it takes for you to get your miracle. What's stopping you from getting to your miracle? Is it your attitude with no gratitude? Is it a lack of faith? Whatever it is, you need to crush that and throw it to the side and say, Father, it's in your hand. I believe I will receive my deliverance. I believe I will receive my healing. I believe I will receive my victory. I believe I will receive whatever that monetary thing is you trust in God for. Somebody done told you that you are done, you're finished. Don't believe that. Trust the word of God that you are somebody and he has much more to give you. Much more to bless you with. Much more to bring you through. You will come through whatever you're going through without a scratch. Let that prophecy sink in your spirit. Word of God says, I'm with you. Don't you worry about the devil. He can't do you no harm. He already defeated. He already lost the battle. Christ went down in the grave and took the keys. And he said, now I I got the keys. I'm going to give them to you. Here the keys to the kingdom. Whatsoever you ask in my name, that will I do. That you may be glorified, that the Father may be glorified, that you may be exalted, that you may receive victory in your life. What are you experiencing today? What are you going through that you don't have the power to overcome? 
There is nothing. You can overcome all things. All you got to do is put your faith and trust in God. The Bible said this man worshipped Christ. And when he worshipped him, he got up. What? Healed. He received this healing before he ever got to the priest. Can you believe? If you believe it'll happen, it'll manifest for you. The man knew he was healed before he ever got to the priest. Before he got to the priest, he turned around and went to the Savior and said, Master, I just want to thank you. Thank you, Jesus. He said, wait a minute. It was nine, it was ten of you. What a nine. Sometimes you can receive blessings even though you're ungrateful. Even though you're unthankful, God will still bless you. He said the rain falls upon the just as well as the unjust. So don't think just because you, 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 you are ungrateful, God can't bless you. He'll still bless you. But the thing of it is, when you're going to stop being ungrateful and say, Lord, I realize it wasn't anything I did, but it was you. I realize it wasn't anything I said, but it was you. When you're going to be thankful for where you are. You're striving to get to the next level, but you're not thankful for where you are. You got to give thanks for where you are. You can't go to the next level and you ain't showing gratitude for the level that you're at. God want to exalt you. He want to carry you higher. But you holding yourself up. Sometime, I said this one time before, Michael Jackson said, start with the man in the mirror. Get him straight. And when you get him straight, all the things that you're worried about. All the things that you're concerned about. Turn it over to the Lord and say, Lord, I need you. Sometimes you've got to cry out and say, Lord, help me. Can't do it myself. So you, you, you try to be pious and conservative. Well, I'm going to talk about the Lord when I get home tonight. No, you need to say, Lord, I need you. Lord, deliver me. Lord, heal me. Master, help me. Master deliver me. Master bring me to the place of victory. You need to open your mouth and let God know that you are there. He said he want to hear from you. He don't want to hear your spirit open your mouth and tell him what you want. See, whatever it is, my God what? He got it. He has everything you need. So don't let the devil fool you. You got the victory. Walk in victory. What are you thankful for? Yes. And all your glorious and giving God praise for every little thing that he do. Somebody almost run you over, but you say, Lord, thank you that you had sense enough to move the car. Because I ain't got sense enough to do it for myself. See, you got to be thankful for every little thing. See, it don't seem like much, but it's the little thing. You know, the, the one writer said it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. So you got to give thanks for the little things and say, Father, I thank you. It don't seem like much. I said one time before, every time I drive a certain number of miles, I said, Lord, thank you for every mile driven safely every day. Because anything could have happened along the way. But God said, I will keep you. I will protect you. I will send Jophel. I will send Uriel. I will send Gabriel. I will send Michael. I will send the host of the angelic angels to watch over you and keep you and protect you from the enemy. May God bless you this morning. May heaven smile upon you. But give thanks in all things. No matter what you're going through. Just say, Lord, thank you for my deliverance. And thank you for my victory. Because I am an overcomer. And I can do all things. So your breakthrough is right at you at the door. Breakthrough. All you got to do is walk through it. Sometimes people get to the breakthrough and turn around and go back in darkness. God said, don't go back in the dark. You're right at the door. Just step across into the light. 
Find your victory. May God bless you this morning. May heaven smile upon you. Let us stand for a word of prayer. With uplifted hands, Father, we're grateful this morning for this message. Be thankful unto the Lord. We praise you for everyone under the sound of my voice. We ask you now to touch them wherever they are. Move in their lives and give them a spirit of gratitude. Let us have attitudes of thanksgiving to thank you, our Savior, for first of all, our salvation. And then for just watching over and protecting and keeping our lives and keeping us safe, Father. We are grateful. We are thankful for all that you do for us and our families, for our ministry here. We just bless you and praise you and give you glory and honor for all that you're doing for us. We just magnify your holy and righteous name. Be with us today, Lord. Help us. Strengthen us. And let us continue to give you glory and praise. And let the miracles continue to manifest and pour into our lives each and every day. We're grateful for all that you've already done. We thank you for this holiday season, this Thanksgiving season. And we pray now you're covering over us and our family. Protect us, Lord God, and keep us safe. We give you glory, we give you honor, we give you praise. And we ask that in Christ that you are our Savior's mighty name. That all God's people say, Amen. Amen. God bless you.